Hey, welcome to the Faith NFM podcast. We appreciate your time today, and we encourage you to head on over to faithnfm.com where you can find the notes for this presentation, as well as links to all that's happening around Faith Assembly. Our hope is that this message helps move you forward in your faith journey. Hope you have some notes in front of you, and we're going to look at this subject of understanding our sin. You think, oh, why, why that? Well, Romans chapter 3, verse 23 is a very short little verse, but it has all kinds of content to it. It says, everyone has sinned, and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. So that means we all have something common in this room today, don't we? We all have sinned, and we all fall short of God's standard. Do we understand what sin does? Do we understand why we get trapped in this? Do we really take notice of that? Because until you understand it, you're not going to be able to effectively address it. So we're going to look at this morning, the result of sin. What, what is behind it? What drives it? What, what happens because of it? What puts us in the place of it? And we're going to go to the place in the Bible at the very start where it all began. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. And one day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any tree in the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. And God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. Now she added a little something there because from what we read previously, God didn't tell them they couldn't touch it. But she made it bigger than what it was. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. And at that moment, their eyes were open, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness, and they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. And when the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking around in the garden, so they hid from the Lord God among the trees. And the Lord God called out to man, where are you? And he replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you that you were naked, said the Lord, he asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? We're going to look at three things contained in this incident that happened. And three results, three directions, three things that happened because of sin so that we can understand it better. First of all, here's what we need to understand. That when sin takes place, there is shame. Shame. We're told that when they ate, they looked and they were both naked and they felt shame. Shame. Genesis 2.25, notice what it says. Man and his wife were both naked, they felt no shame. Genesis 3.7, the moment their eyes were open, they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. They felt fig leaves together to cover themselves. So the very first result of their sin was shame. They tried to hide. 
They were embarrassed. They came to that place where they hid from God. They hid from each other. And what happens when you feel shame? You cover up, don't you? Shame brings fear. Now, it's, it's just striking to me why this happened. I mean, after all, who else was there in the world? There's only the two of them. They'd seen each other naked. And now suddenly they felt shame? Wow. It's one of those things that sets us apart from animals. We live in a world today that tries to make humans and animals the same and equal, and we are not. We're not even close. Mankind was created in God's image, different from all of the rest of the creation. I mean, animals don't feel any shame. Dogs and cats, they'll do whatever they want to do right in front of you. They don't care. They don't care who sees it. They don't care. But man and woman were there, and suddenly, just the two of them, suddenly felt something different and unique. And shame destroys relationships. Because here's what happens. Once we do something, and we suddenly know it's wrong, we feel guilty, don't we? And what do we try to do? We cover it up. So here's the question. Here's what you have to understand about sin. Sin will cause you to hide. What are you doing in your life that you're hiding from everybody else? What is it that you don't want anybody else to know because you're afraid that if they find out, you'll be embarrassed. You'll be put on the spot. You'll be found out. We can be ashamed of our bodies. We can be ashamed of something from our past. We can be ashamed of our ability. What secrets are controlling your life? What is it you're hiding? Because sin doesn't want to be exposed. It hides. Thus you find people with habits that are destructive, and what do they try to do? They try to hide it from everybody else. What is it in your life that you're trying to come to a place where you say, boy, I, I don't want to do this, and I feel guilty because of it, and I feel bad, and I feel embarrassed? And how many of you, you've been saved, but how many of you have done some things in your life that you would just as soon nobody knew about? Shame, guilt, and you and I have to understand that if I'm hiding something and don't want anybody else to know it, and if I'm trying, spending a lot of time trying to cover up something, it's probably not good for me because it's probably sin, isn't it? Okay. Now here's the thing. God doesn't want you to live in shame. He wants you to come clean. He comes to Adam and Eve, you know, where are you? Adam says, look, God, I'm sorry. We, we just hid because, you know, we're, we're naked. We didn't want you to see it. And God immediately knew something's been destroyed. Something different has happened. And God says, look, I'm going to take care of this. So God wants to help you 
in the midst of those things that what you're trying to hide, God wants you to admit. And for our shame, God gives us a pardon. For our shame, God gives us a pardon. He says, look, I want to forgive you. I, I, I don't want you to try to hide it. And if you hide it, I can't help you. But if you'll come clean with it, I can address that and we can address that and we can deal with it. Sin causes you to hide. Sin causes you to retreat. Well, I don't want to take a risk out there. What if they don't like me? What if this has happened? Well, I'm no good at this. I can't do this. I'm embarrassed about this. I, I'm just afraid of this, and I'm afraid of this. And you, you take all of that in your life, and why? Sin's behind the edge of that. I, I don't want to put myself out there. After all, I know I'm not perfect, and I know I don't have all the answers, and I know my life isn't everything it should be. And if you really knew me and found out who I was, you might not like me. But what does God do? He doesn't gloat. He, he doesn't beat. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 21, it says this, the Lord God made clothing from animal skins from Adam and Eve. Now remember in our story, Adam and Eve sewed fig leaves together, correct? God covers them with animal skins. Now. That's all we're told, but here's what we can assume from what this says. That means some animals died, right? That means there was probably a sacrifice that was made, a blood, doesn't it? So God takes, look, here, let me cover you. Let me help you. I don't want to expose your shame. I want to pardon it. I want to forgive it. Isaiah chapter 50, verse 7, Because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a stone, determined to do His will, and I know that I will not be put to shame. I know. Why? Because God will take care of me and God will hide me. Jesus bore our shame. Notice what it says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, a champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Sin brings shame. God doesn't want you to live with that. He wants to pardon it. He wants to forgive it. Don't keep trying to cover it up. Be willing to admit it and allow God to deal with it. One of the other things that happens if we're going to understand sin is that when we sin, blame is involved. Blame. It's fascinating to me what the response is to Adam and Eve when God confronts them. We're given that response in Genesis chapter 3, verse 11, where it says, God says to them, who told you you were naked? You know, have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded to you? The man replied, it was the woman you gave me. Seems like a right response to me. Uh, 
who gave me the fruit, and I ate it. The Lord God asked the woman, what have you done? The serpent deceived me. That's why I ate it. What did they both do? They made excuses. Adam blamed two people. He blamed his wife, and he blamed God. It was the woman, you gave her to me, God. You're the one who put her in my life. I probably wouldn't have done this if she hadn't have been there, right? And we are very good at blaming others for our problems, for our sin. What does Eve do? Well, it's the serpent. You know, he's the one who did it. It wasn't my fault. The devil made me do it. I couldn't help myself. And we make excuse and we blame other people. If you allow your sin to react away and you get found out and you start blaming other people for it, there's a problem. Sin will cause you to not take responsibility for your actions. And we know we live in a world that is very good at blaming everybody else for our problems, aren't we? My grandson, the other day, we were watching him, and he had said something, and I said something back, and somebody asked him, who, t- who started that? And he blamed me. <laughs> Threw me under the bus. And in reality, it was him. So from three years old, we're very good at blaming other people for our problems. And if you don't blame others, you'll blame God. God, why did you make me do this? God, why is this happening to me? God, this isn't fair. And if you don't blame others, you'll blame yourself. Well, I'm no good. I can't do it. I'm just uh, horrible. And or you'll blame your circumstances. You'll blame, well, it's because of this person. It's because of my boss. It's because of this. Well, I wouldn't have done that if they hadn't have said this. And they did that. And they did this. And so we come to the, you know, it's the teacher's fault. It's the boss I work for. I don't understand it. You know, I put my phone right here. Where is my phone? The innuation is, what did you do with it? Right? Blame it on the cat. You know, cats do all kinds of things that aren't right. We always blame somebody else. We don't take responsibility for our action. What is it in our lives today that we are making excuses for and blaming somebody else for it? Well, the way they treated me is wrong. It may be, but you're responsible how you respond. And you can't blame them for it. When you and I get to heaven, we can't blame other people for our problems. And I have to take responsibility. God, it's me. I'm guilty. I did it. Sin causes you to hide, causes you to cover up, Causes you to just kind of stay away and, and, not take re- and not take responsibility for what you're doing. It's not my fault. It's because of what, what happened to me earlier in my life. It's not my responsibility. I didn't do this. I didn't know any better. We're full of excuses. And do we understand that God can't help you that God can't help me until I'm willing to admit I need help. God, I'm guilty. 
And I thank you that you want to pardon me and forgive me. And God, I can't blame anybody else for my choices. I can't blame anybody else for my actions because I'm responsible for them. And sin causes you to blame other people and to hide from other people. To hide from the circumstances of being exposed. To blame others for what's going on. Galatians chapter 6 verse 4. Pay careful attention to your own work for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else for we are each responsible for our own conduct. And so what do we do? We have to come to that place where we're willing to take responsibility. Do you understand that our lives would be so much better if we'd just quit trying to hide stuff from God and if we would take responsibility for it? Uh, that was the place the amen should have been rousing and, you know, yes, you're right, go get it, you know, that type of thing. That's the truth, isn't it? And yet, what do we do? We know some things in our lives are wrong, but we make excuses for them. We just say, well, you, you don't understand. Well, you don't know. We try to hide it. We're uncomfortable people knowing it. And we just think there's something in it. But do we ever stop saying, hey, look, that's because of sin in my life. I'm trying to cover it up. I know God wants to forgive me, but I'm not sure I want to be out in the open. Well, then maybe you need to stop. And I know I'm the one guilty. Well, then stop blaming other people for the way that you are. You are the way you are because you have chose to be. (sighs) But here's the great thing. God not only says he'll take care of our shame by, by pardoning us, he also says, look, I won't blame you. For our blame, God gives us a promise. He says, if you will follow me, and if you will serve me, I won't hold it against you. Not only will I wipe it away, I'll forget it. I won't blame you for all the stuff you've done. I'll take it away. Will you admit it? Romans chapter 8, verse 31. Who shall say such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, Who can ever be against us? And since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares to accuse us or to blame us, whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? Who will tell us we can't do it? You're no good. No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he's sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Do you understand that God is for you and not against you? That God will come and like Adam and Eve, Adam, where are you? What's going on? What have you done? Well, you know, God, I, 
I'm embarrassed to say, you know, this isn't right. And God, you're probably going to whoop me good for this. And God, you're probably going to blame me forever. And God says, no, I don't want to do that. And Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8, he will keep you strong to the end so that you will be free from all blame on the day when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. Wow. So, if I'm going to understand sin, I have to understand that there's shame involved in it, that there's guilt involved in it, that I will try to hide it. I need to understand that it's going to cause me to not take responsibility for my actions. And then I'm going to start blaming other people for what's going on instead of taking the responsibility myself. And I'm going to blame my spouse, or I'm going to blame my boss, or I'm going to blame that friend, or I'm going to blame somebody else. Sin will do that. But there's the third thing that we need to understand that brings sin about, and that's fame. We all want to be somebody. We all want to be somebody. Genesis chapter 3, verse 14. Well, let me back up. Remember what we read previously? Satan said that, you know, hey, you'll be like God when you eat this. You'll know everything. And remember what we read? Eve said, it looked good for wisdom, and I want that. We all want to be somebody, don't we? In other words, we want to be in control, right? We don't want people telling us what to do. So God takes that. And he says, Adam, Eve, let me show you your place. But Genesis 3, the Lord God said to the serpent, because you've done this, you're cursed more than all the animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. And he will strike your head and you will strike his heel. It's a prophecy relating to Jesus Christ right there. Then he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy and in pain you will give birth and you will have to come to that place where you understand (laughs) you will desire to control your husband but he will rule over you. And to the man, he said, since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, since you were unwilling to take responsibility for leadership, Adam, since you were unwilling to be the man I created you to be, the ground's cursed because of you and all your life you're going to struggle to scratch a living from it. It'll grow thorns and thistles for you and through, though you will eat of its grains, By the sweat of your brow, you will have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made. For you were made from dust, and to dust you'll return. We try to so often prove who we are, to be important, to be noticed, to be that person that will, everyone will take notice of, to be in control. And yet we forget that the highest calling for a woman is not to be a mother. It's to be a woman of God. And the highest calling for a man is not to have a great career. 
It's to be a man of God. And yet we all struggle to want something that God says, that's not what you should be going after. And sin causes you to get your eyes off of what really matters. And you and I think we know what's best. The woman, hey, if I eat of that, I'll have wisdom. I'll know as much as God. I can do what I want to do. I can make my own decision. I can live my own life. I can go the way I want to go and do what I want to do. (laughs) And we all struggle. I want to be known. I want to be my own person, even if it's bad. And we come to that place where we try to always prove we're right. We try to prove we know better. We try to think our opinions are everything they should be. And see, if you're going to understand sin, you're going to have to understand that what sin does, it makes you want to be famous. It makes you want to be the one in charge, the one in control. I want to do it my way. I know God said don't, but I bet if I do, I'll be better for it. And I can be the one in charge. And God says, look, I got a way for you to live. And what does he do? He does something that is just very wise. He says, here's what I'm going to do. Eve, this is what's going to happen to you. This is what you're going to be. Adam, this is you. What's he doing? He's humbling them, isn't he? He's telling them, this is your life. He says, I want to humble you. And his way is to humble us. And for our fame, God gives us position. What is it in both their cases? It's a position of service. It's a position of lowering yourself. Because what then the scripture teaches? That if I'll humble myself, God will exalt me. But if I try to prove myself, what happens? I end up stumbling, don't I? The way up, the way in God's way is that if I want to get up, I have to go down. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Don't be selfish. Don't try and impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourself. You sin, sin causes you and I to think we're better than others. That we know what's best for I know what's right for me. I know what's right. Listen to me. Humble yourself. Thinking of others more than you. Don't look out only for your own interest. Take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think equality with God is something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave, was born as a human being, and when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God, died his criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, heaven, on earth, under the earth, every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And Jesus goes to Adam and Eve, let me put you in the right place so that you can have the blessings of God. Do you understand your sin? 
Do you know what's going on? I understand you feel guilty. I understand there's shame involved. I, I, I want to give you a pardon. I want to forgive you. Don't hide it. Don't run away from me. Don't try to cover it up. Let me forgive it. If you'll confess your sins, the Bible says, God will forgive us, correct? Not cover it up, admit it. And quit trying to blame everybody else for your problems. Quit thinking it's the spouse's fault. And quit thinking everything would be better if that person wasn't there. And quit thinking it's this and this. Quit blaming everybody else and do a favor to yourself and take care of you. And be the person God created you to be. And he says, I don't want to blame you for all the stuff. I want to give you a promise. I will forgive all your sins and I will cast them as far as the east is from the west and I will remember them no more. And quit trying to prove yourself that you know better, but humble yourself. And if you will humble yourself, God will exalt you. So is there one of those three that you're struggling with today? One of these things that you're kind of dealing with that you know you need to address? Could we take a moment? Maybe you're here and you're not a Christian and you're listening and you just, I I don't know God. And Maybe it's because you're trying to hide stuff. Maybe it's because you've spent a lot of time trying to blame everybody else for your problems. and Maybe it's because you just think you know best and what's right. And maybe it's time you lay all that aside and let Jesus Christ help you. Or maybe you're a Christian here today and you know there's some things in your life that God's dealing with you about. And you've been trying to cover it up rather than exposing it to God. Or maybe you just feel beat down because you're thinking it's all about everybody else rather than accepting your responsibility, knowing that God's going to accept that and won't hold it against you. Or maybe you just think if people would just listen to me, everything would be fine. Instead of humbling yourself and thinking of others before you. Could we take a moment, just where we're at right now, just God, me and you, however you can do that, just sitting right where you are. Maybe you want to bow your head. Maybe you want to close your eyes. Maybe you just want to, whatever. God, here I am. God, would you help us know the result of sin, what it does, how it hinders us and how it hurts us? Would you help us to be wise enough to see what sin does so that we can address it properly, just as you have addressed it? And Lord, we see that so demonstrated to this first couple, the first sin, and we relate to that. God, I thank you today that you don't hold our sins against us. I thank you today that there's forgiveness for what I'm willing to admit. 
I thank you today that I don't have to try and prove anything. I don't need to blame others. That I can come to you and you won't hold it against me. And that, Lord, would you help us to humble ourselves so that you can work in our lives as you want to help us to obey you. Thank you today for the hope that we have and the victory that we can have over sin. We give you praise for it. In thy name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or would like to speak to someone concerning this message, we invite you to fill out our online communication card at faithnfm.com. And if you're able, we'd love to have you with us in person on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m. or on the best night of the week for Wednesday prayer at 7 p.m. We're at 7101 Bayshore Road in North Fort Myers, just two miles west of I-75 at exit 143. Thanks again for listening.